welcome, welcome once again to another episode of the Old Taku Connection. And sorry if I sound all nasally or any more nasally than I usually do. Got this weird gritty feeling in my nose, you know, that one you get before you uh, before the cold hits. I don't know if that's due to me actually getting the cold my niece has or just not getting enough sleep. I'm not getting enough sleep due to muscle soreness. I need a new gym routine. That's the long and short of it. I need a new gym routine. I uh, started off... I, I don't want to go into the full thing. Suffice to say that um, I tried to step my routine up a bit and went too hard. I was neglecting stabilizer muscles and I realized stabilizer muscles weren't on point with the other ones. And yeah. Achy. There's a notable groan that happens anytime I try and raise, well, not really raising my arms. My arms are okay now, but my, I'm trying to stand up. Ugh. Yeah, that. Every time I stand up or every time I try and squat down for something, specifically my right leg. Ooh. Guess I gotta go sit in the tub again. Maybe I can do that while I edit this. So anyway. The theme month, the birthday month, comes to an end, and um, with that, some new changes are going to come into effect, but I'll explain those later. Till then, we break from anime and movies to talk about games, Advance Wars, so please enjoy. So, uh, you know, bringing this month to a close, I didn't want it to be exclusively uh, movies we talked about. So, I chose a game. Um, me and Joe have some history with this game, but uh, Mike, you're you're a newcomer to Advance Wars, right? Yes, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Actually, just a point of curiosity: had you guys had any experience with turn-based strategy? prior to advance wars very much so yeah yes, tons it's kind tons, of yeah. hard hard to be a 32 year old gamer and not <laughs> yeah i had a i had a lot uh joe i guess we can start with you what would you say was your first experience with turn-based strategy it and i'm talking be... about video games here let's not talk about chess <laughs> i was even thinking that but that's a, that's a good one that is like the ultimate turn-based strategy game uh my first turn-based strategy game was on the sega genesis it was shining force 2 that is Ah. the first one that i played then i played shining the first shining force after the second one and was greatly disappointed (laughs) the second one was much better it's like oh look it's the same game but with worse mechanics and graphics yes so and then after that i believe i played fire emblem the the ones that they had uh, earlier on, I'm trying to remember, I think it was Nintendo on the Nintendo. Yeah, there was one on the Nintendo, I think, that came out here. And then I actually played the Game Boy Wars when that, when that, when that, when that was out. Oh, so you, you played you played Game Boy Wars before Advance Wars? Yes, I did. And then um, what was There was another one on the Super Nintendo that I was really, really into, I I had robots and mechs in it. Shoot. What was it? Robots and mechs. Um, front mission. Was it? Yes. 
Yes, it was Front Mission. I played that. I really wish I... Someday I'm going to go back to that and finally finish it. But it was uh, very heavy on the story. Really cool mm-hmm. with the mechs and stuff. Then I kind of went into playing um, Final Fantasy Tactics, of course. Then Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Yep. And then I actually played Ogre Battle Tactics, which I... The first time I played it, it was a bit... It wasn't story-wise as interesting as Tactics, Final Fantasy Tactics, so I kind of gave mm-hmm. up on it, and I went back to it again. And it was like, okay, I, I appreciate this. This is a, a decent one. Um, and then I think I played a few other ones that I can't think of at the moment. But but yeah, the beginning of all of it was definitely Shining Force for me, which was incredibly addictive. Uh, uh, what about you, Mike? Uh, what was your first, and uh, what was your favorite? It's such a... Well, it's weird because I don't know. I got to kind of the second episode of your show in the row that I've had to go like deep into the well of my childhood. Uh, <laughs> I remember a friend had like Age of Empires 2 on his computer back in the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is going to make me sound very old by saying that. But I, I do feel like. <laughs> I, w- I was a very young child, so I didn't play much of it. And then maybe I feel like somebody else had Warcraft. And then so these types of games weren't really on my radar too much. I, or they w- were like before I even knew what they were. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I want to say like as far as turn based in general stuff, I didn't really like in terms of Japanese style, like Final Fantasy VIII, the demo was the first one that kind of got me. That's not really strategy, but mm-hmm. somewhere around that time, uh, StarCraft got floated around a lot, like pirated CDs. And I, I yeah. always like get it from, from someone gave it to me and then I had it and then people were playing it. And I, uh, over the years, I've tried to go back to it numerous times because I really like that game, but I always mm-hmm. start over and then I end up getting like halfway and getting distracted again. So I still have never beat StarCraft, uh, even mm-hmm. though I, I really liked it. But um, other than that, I say the, the big ones are probably, and what this kind of feels a little bit like, but not really, is uh, the Metal Gear Acid games. Mm-hmm. Those are super fun turn-based strategy games uh they're they're card based um but they're very much uh, same type of deal yeah that that's what this game reminded me a lot of uh, and i love the acid games so i really liked this um other than that maybe like uh i feel like there's some random like playstation stuff i may have tried out um, More oh, than the PlayStation demos or something. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Civilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's a big one. I got really big into the Civilization Revolution, I think, demo mm-hmm. <laughs> that I had uh, on PS3. That was pretty fun. And, yeah, they, there's, there's even more that I could think of. Uh, just random shit. You know, random PC games. Uh, I wanted to get more into Company of Heroes, but never did. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's even some that are on my list now. But uh, oh, and I played 
Maybe it was just the demo of Valkyria Chronicles. Mm-hmm. That's kind of up in the same wheelhouse, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, I've always liked strategy and strategy games. Um, I, they don't really. I feel like they have to be presented to me or, or have some very interesting hook to it to get me in. Like Metal Gear mm-hmm. Acid, obviously, Metal Gear. Yeah. Um, or the. Uh, Company of Heroes or Brothers in Arms games. I'm pretty into World War II, <laughs> or I was. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. I am. I'm a buff, I, you could say. Um, I remember the Valkyria Chronicles demos were free. I've played a lot of demos in my time. Mm-hmm. but uh, As we have, as we all have. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I kind of wish that I had discovered this sooner because I know it's multiplayer, but this was really fun. I, I enjoyed a lot of what I got to play here. Uh, yeah, this was um, this was a point of bonding for me, Joe, and some mutual friends. And not sure what the term I'm looking for is, but kind of became like I don't know how would you describe it, Joe? Like uh, not quite an obsession, but uh... <laughs> well, we played it quite a lot. Oh, like almost every lunch in high school, I remember it was it was a great way to be distracted away from all the horrible people around us. So like, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it was quite fun. That was a fringe benefit. But yeah, it kind of got to the point, like past the point of us just playing each other and then like bringing more people in. We then had the idea to like when we brought people in, bring them in as like our disciples and. <laughs> pit them against each other like pokemons and yeah absolutely yeah that's what i also really enjoyed about those experiences too is that it, the game was so easy uh because we we're playing it mo- mostly on my game boy sp i think mm-hmm. uh, and it was just such a great game because for local uh multiplayer because you could just pass it around and each person could just do their quit their move within like a minute or two and I mean, games lasted a while, depending on the map that you were playing mm-hmm. on. But it was just the perfect game to very casually play with a lot of people, which made it really fun. Yeah, and we'd usually be like, it'd usually be more than just the two people, so we'd be talking alongside. So there wasn't this, like, r- like you weren't sitting there anxious waiting for the person to finish their turn. And yeah. Not so much with me trying to play Wargroove now. <laughs> yeah. Still need to play multiplayer with you on that. Mm-hmm. that game. Yeah. What is up with that? Great uh, it's, a, it's kind of a spiritual successor to Advance Wars. Uh, it's got like a different setting, but the sprites have a similar look. The game feels very similar. Mm. It's basically like a uh, combination of Advance Wars and Fire Emblem. Mm. It's it's 2D? Yeah, yep. it's also 2D. It's really fun. So, Mike, um, did you get to play anything past the uh, tutorial stages? or? Um, right now, I'm in the middle of the first stage of the campaign. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I tried to start up the, the, uh, the whatever the other mode was. Mm-hmm. And 
Yeah, I jumped in and immediately it was like there's nothing on the map. And I was like, oh, I haven't been taught what I'm supposed to do here. It looked like I could make units and there was like money involved and the map was empty and I didn't know what I was doing. So I just went back to the campaign. Mm hmm. Um, so, Joe, who was your, I guess, just across the games? Did you maintain a single favorite CO or did that change? It changed. So for in the first game, it was Andy. I, I liked him mm-hmm. because of his power. It was very, very simple, very straightforward. It was um, uh, effective in any situation. Yeah, I mean, it just gave a power boost to everyone, really. So, I mean, it was just, I mean, if you knew how to handle him, it was uh, I mean, actually, well, that was a great thing about it. You actually didn't need to necessarily be that great at handling stuff or have a lot of strategy. Yeah. It just it gave you a nice boost. So he's a great beginning beginner character but yeah um i guess another good example would be like if you're going to choose a a class to be like usually you have the fighter and the fighter class is always just kind of brute strength and that kind of thing like in skyrim i usually always or any of the elder scroll games i'll always choose the guy who has (laughs) who's just has lots of just brute force because it's Mm -hmm. just simple and easy to think about um so i think about andy that way um besides andy in the in the later games, mainly mm-hmm. Dual Strike, which is my favorite one. Uh, Colin, yeah, I remember when two came around, you got really interested in Colin. Colin was absolutely <laughs> my favorite at that point because even though he was not very strong, uh, what he specialized in was money. Like he could dish out tons and tons of money. So I would do <laughs> my strategy was more so like a kamikaze type thing, where I would just kind of oh yeah, like just flood. Um, flood the map with with as many low cost troops as um as possible to mm-hmm. overwhelm my opponent to the point where they just didn't you know they they can't do anything or they're trapped or something and then I would slowly build up more powerful units behind that wave of smaller units and then just take them out that way. Um, that one you really had to have some sort of strategy with him. It was he was a little difficult to use, but I I really enjoyed him a lot. So those were mainly the two that I focused on. If I can mm-hmm. remember, how about you? Um, so I mainly stuck with Andy, mostly because the you know the healing uh, was always useful. Granted, um, I don't know. I can't say I started to feel bad, but I was kind of like waiting for people to accuse me of being cheap once advanced wars 2 came out and his like super co power was like one of the most busted things in the game um you know i i I stuck with him i uh latched on to um sensei in the second game it's because he had a beef well like sammy he had beefed up mechs and infantry but um I more I more latched on the sensei because I like the character. It's like senile asshole paratrooper. <laughs> yeah, he was great. Um th- there was story throughout each of the games and I always loved his cutscenes or whenever he would <laughs> talk. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very funny. Really I think what sold me was the music. Because like though his 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 theme sounds so different from everyone else's and it's just kind of like it kind of gave me the feeling he he might not be sure where he is at any given moment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
But uh, he was pretty good. I want to say um, when Dual Strike came along, the only other character I really took it. Well, actually, there were two characters I took interest in. And one was uh, Sasha, uh, Colin's sister. Because I like their, I like her first power, which was uh, suppressing everyone's, everyone else's CO power. And yeah, that was um, neat. and I liked uh, what, was, what was his name? I think his name was Javier, the uh, Green Earth leader, and his thing was just being having increased defense against range units. Which was useful yeah. because, like, people specifically, anytime I played Phil and he'd pick grit, it was like a huge pain in the butt. Since I primarily my, my primary strategy, regardless of who I play, is to like create this like steadily expanding wall from you know my uh, captured bases outward, and because he had the extended range, he could do that better than me by default. So he forced so. Playing him or anyone really playing grit forced me to play offensively, which I can do. It just wasn't it wasn't my preferred method. I see. Interesting. Well, actually, Mike, I know you didn't get too far into it, um, so you didn't get a chance to play a lot of the different uh, commanding officers. But from the little bit you did experience of the game, compared to the other type of turn-based strategy games you've played? I mean, what would you think of it? Um, I seemed it was really easy to pick up and play, uh, which was cool. And mm. I wasn't expecting it to get as complicated as it did mm-hmm. and as it kept getting. Like, the tutorial was, like, super meaty. Uh, it taught me, like, a lot. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But uh, like I was surprised about you know all the units and the and the balancing was was really interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I just yeah, I wish I had like a a Game Boy Advance back in the day in this game because I know I would have sunk a, a shit ton of time into this because uh, I I really like the feeling you get from from playing games like these. Like you feel like. A, you're smart, and you feel like you know a commanding officer, which is always cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was cool. Uh, I don't see how the 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 blue side could ever win a fight without helmets, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that being kind of an interesting thing to me too. Is that if you're like looking at the designs carefully, you can kind of see the inspiration for each uh, army. Um, the the blue was a blue moon. They're clearly like uh, Russian, mm-hmm. both in the designs of their buildings and like some of the weapons they use and the designs of their troops. Uh, Orange Star, obviously the, the American team, if not by the you know again the weapons and the designs of the troops, then the individual COs. Uh, the two groups you encounter later are called uh, Green Earth and Yellow Comet and they're uh, Europe and Asia respectively and the same sort of thing the uh, weapons the troops the building designs all reflect those uh, countries in kind of a loose sense yeah I really enjoyed the art especially the when you actually see the combat the terrains and stuff it just looks mm-hmm. really cool it's they, they kind of developed this 
very cool modular thing where where you are are on the map there's like a a context uh, a screen that has context yeah it's true placements it's based on the terrain and the terrain offers different uh, defensive bonuses so it's 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 as much a necessary part of gameplay as it is a nice design choice but they also pay attention to things like if you're on grass or you're on a road or you're on a bridge and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one thing that I thought was a little weird was some of the names of the units and versus how they looked. And I feel like they were... Oh, like Mac? <laughs> yeah, Mac doesn't really make any sense. They're clearly like... Uh, like shock troopers? Um, well, they're like anti-tank mm-hmm. like AT troopers. Yeah. Um, Although maybe it does. I don't, I don't know. I've never been in the military. <laughs> and like Recon, I was surprised. I would think, oh, like long-range foot soldier scouts, but they're a bunch of guys in Jeeps. Uh, yeah, fast-moving uh, vehicles. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess the idea is that the vehicle is low-key in yeah, comparison. They're, they're a little bit more like mobile infantry, I think. But mm-hmm. uh, Well, they hit like mobile infantry. Yeah, they can just move further. That's pretty much it. Yeah, their their um importance is more is going to become apparent once you get to a fog level. Yeah, I have one of those. But uh, fog of war. I hate them. Uh, so when they say recon, I, I I just assumed like a sniper unit that could see far. Mm-hmm. And move a little faster. Yeah, did you have any um, favorite type of units you liked using out of all of them? Um, or maybe I should ask: Do you have a did you have a particular play style you liked doing? Like, were you more using, using troops all the time, or more into tanks? Or mm, no, I feel like mm, they kind of box you in and kind of hold your hand a lot in the tutorial. That's mm-hmm. true, yeah. There's a couple yeah. ones where yeah. they let you off the leash, and I did get my ass kicked once. Mm. Um, but I could see how I would like to be um, a diversionary kind of player who goes for uh, to, to capture the, the, the base. Mm-hmm. Okay, I yeah. Like that. I, I like Go directly for the base. To, to, to poke through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you would probably like, uh, there's a CO named Sammy, who is like the infantry specialist, and you'd probably like her if that's your deal, because uh, one of her bonuses is that her troops uh, capture buildings faster, like by five points. So when she uh, attaches herself to a building the first time, it'll go down to 15 rather than 10. Which means, like, you know, if some other troops attack you, you can still probably capture them base or building or whatever the hell yeah that's cool there was at least one where i uh, my troops were getting killed but i had troops around to reinforce them to capture the building it's fun Uh, yeah uh other bonus sammy also looks like child meryl (laughs) oh i think i when i was tried out the that other mode i think i picked her for a second Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah, one thing I really do like about Advance Wars and maybe why it's such an addictive game is that it does allow for so much room to create your own strategy or to maybe adopt an existing strategy from, you know, because each character, each CO has their own little play style and each power helps with a certain strategy. So I really like that because it allowed me to experiment and try many different ways in playing the game, which mm-hmm. made the replay value just like extremely high. And then, oh yeah, and then as they introduced more features in the later games, with um, like well, map creation was always in all the games, I believe. But yeah, as they just in- introduced more features, it just gave you so much more to do. It was kind of it was overwhelming, but in a good way. Yeah, it's um, one of those games, like uh, the Advance Wars games specifically. If Advance Wars is your entry into this, is it's it's this is really the place you want to start. Even if like you play later games and kind of get used to some of the advanced stuff, uh, they really prepare you to get in and, and work you through all of the all the mechanics, all the depth with this first one, specifically with that uh, tutorial, the uh, field missions, but then also the campaign itself. Like, I won't even say it starts out slow and kind of works its way up, but um, Joe, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think uh, playing, I played a little bit not too long ago, and I feel like the AI in the uh, in this game versus two onward is a bit gentler. Oh, like it's much not, more. It's, yeah, it's not as the AIs. The I want to say the maps themselves are a bit more challenging, just like based on what units you get in the enemy forces. But the AI is a bit softer. It's like, way softer. Um, near the end, it gets a little bit more difficult. Um, but you are right. I, I would have to. I also agree with the maps themselves, the where they created kind of having to push through very tight lanes and stuff like that. They, that makes it a bit more of a challenge, but compared to days of ruin, <laughs> which is oh, an yeah. incredibly difficult, difficult game. Um, yeah. The AI is much more gentle. Yeah. Days of ruin was pretty brutal and I was kind of disappointed with it. If only because uh, the Advance Wars games up until then had been really good about creating maps where there was kind of a rough, like you could usually just by looking at the map, figure out, deduce like a rough path to victory. Mm. But there was enough wiggle room in there that you could get there different ways. Whereas, um, some of the maps in Days of Ruin felt more like a puzzle. You had to like find the correct pieces and put them together the correct way. To the degree that the last level of that game is just—it's just insane. It's like there's literally one path, maybe, to to winning. Yeah. So speaking again on the difficulty of the very first one. Uh, I, I think that makes I think it makes a lot of sense why it's so much more gentle compared to the other ones, especially after watching that video you posted mm-hmm. in the Google Hangout, which was really great. Uh, I hope you add that to the show notes too because that was uh, there's a lot oh, of yeah. information there. 
I was unaware of. And when they were talking about bringing the whole process of bringing the game over to America and how they originally felt it would be way too difficult for Americans to um, to to be able to figure out and they get you know, yeah. they wouldn't like it and stuff. So because the um, it's a it's yeah. a series that had been going on in Japan for mm-hmm. years since since the NES and the Game Boy. Yeah. So and, you had all these all these mechanics that they developed over a couple of console generations and now we're being introduced to what like the third the third uh the third the beginning of the, like the third generation of games. Like they were still putting out Game Boy games when Advance Wars came out here. And I think that's also why they said the tutorial, why Intelligent Systems had put such, uh, maybe not an aggressive tutorial, but uh, a very long tutorial. Because there you go. That's a good, <laughs> that's the perfect word for it. Um, because they really wanted to make sure, I guess, everyone in America fully understood all the different mechanics. And there are a lot of them, um, and they all play with each other. So I can understand why they had it there. Mm-hmm. So when was the first one released? And when was uh, this one released? Ooh, uh, when was this released? I was it 1999 or 2000? I want to say it was 2001, but uh, let me double check. So I know the game Game Boy Wars that came out like way early on, like 1990 or something. Um, uh, yeah, let's see. Boy Wars. 2001 and yeah in north america uh, advanced force came out here in 2001 uh got to europe in 2002 and japan in 2004 as part of a compilation but yeah i'll get into that later let me see if i can find when game boy wars came out 1991 oh 91 that's crazy i had no idea this series had been around so long Uh, i didn't either I got in at Advance Wars. Hmm. When was the last one released? Uh, 2010, 2011. Let me let me look it up. Days of Ruin. For what? It was uh for the DS. Oh, no, 2008. Actually, Lionel, it goes back even further than that. So Famicom Wars. Mm-hmm. That was August 12, 1988. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, this game's they've, been around for a while. They they've been they've been fucking around with military tactics for a minute. So, <laughs> it's really weird that they never uh they didn't bring it to the states for so long because we love war. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's 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 why Amer the the pseudo America is the are the protagonists are the default protagonists of this game. Though they kind of split the difference uh, in, I want to say in the original Japanese, uh, and the character of Andy is actually named Ryo. Mm. So I guess he's supposed to like be pseudo-Japanese-American or something. Yeah. Both ways. Yeah, so this series has been <laughs> for a very long time. Uh, wow. But it's kind of funny the situation we ended up in, where uh, uh, it ended up around the time it started to take off uh, worldwide, it fell into like a a hole in Japan. Mm. Uh, I think like the the most sensical theory I 
heard was that um, they were still putting out game like Game Boy War games, and they didn't want the two the two games competing. Mm. And I can't remember what happened with Advance Wars two. I think it was just because they hadn't put out Advance Wars one that they didn't put it out, and then they made that compilation with the first two games on it so they could put out uh, Dual Strike. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Lionel, out of all of them, which one was your favorite? I know, like I said before, mine's Dual Strike for sure. But do you I have a favorite? Th- I think I need to say Dual Strike just because it has more. Mm. Like, uh, uh, Mike, you'll probably understand uh, when I say it's kind of like me wanting to say uh, maybe like Tekken 3 or basically wanting to say any. The other Tekken is my favorite, but then when you look at Tag and realize it has everything in it, it seems weird not saying Tag 2 is your favorite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what, uh, you know, saying anything other than Dual Strike is my favorite kind of feels like. Like, I want to say 2, Advanced Wars 2 is the best in the series. Just like, in regards, to, it's a really well put together game. The, uh, they have like a, a a really good collection of COs. Um, the maps are good. The story is good. The art, I think, the art peaked it too. Honestly, art and designs peaked it too. But uh, I have to say, Dual Strike just because it has everything in it, like more than everything in it. That and they had a really unique mode. I, I'm just looking up now. It's called combat mode, where everything was real time. <laughs> that it was unexpected when that I started playing was, that. They were just they were just looking for shit to do with that one. Yeah, it, that was really creative. Because there was a couple of elements in Dual Strike. Like I think they, uh, like I think they they made it like a GBA game and then we're like, Oh shit, we got all this space. What do we do? And they just started, started adding weird stuff like the, uh, the customization element, which never appeared in any other advanced wars game after that, <laughs> as well as the, uh, yeah, that, that real time mode. Yeah. We never saw that again, but, uh, yeah, I also enjoyed the new units they have put in there because with each game they always added not a lot but a few. Yeah, they add a couple unique units, and I don't remember if it was Days of Ruin or Black Hole or Dual Strike, which had that <laughs> the one mega tank, which was this ginormous uh, huge it tank. Was it was I think it was dual strike because um what they introduced in um black hole was the neo tanks, which were like uh, the crazy alien dragon ball Z spaceship tanks, yeah, yeah, so yeah, oh, I'm looking here too, yeah, yeah, you're right, it's on um, the mega tank was introduced, which was yeah, when it first got introduced. like like they called this second set of uh troopers mechs, but that thing should have just been called a mech because it looked like three it looked like uh an md tank with a normal tank stacked on top of it and then like a recon unit stacked on top of it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it did it did so that made it quite interesting Mm, good games good games Uh, it was it was uh yeah like i guess something uh 
to mention. I don't want to go too far into the other games just yet, but I guess one thing that was kind of neat about the Neo Tanks and two is that, that uh, you had to you had to unlock them for each uh, each army. At least you had two in the campaign. Yeah, you did. Made it interesting. Um, what was I going to ask, Joe? I felt like I was going to ask you something else. Um, wait, so who was your, I think I've already mentioned for me, it was grit, but who, which CO was your least favorite to go against? Did you mean, uh, to who's my worst to, to use or to go against? Let's do both. Uh, okay. let's start with, uh, who you hate playing against and who you hate having to use. Uh, I hated going against Olaf because he, I'm just, uh, I'm, snow. I'm, yeah, I'm, Really bad at that. Uh, wait, actually, no, sorry, wait. It's not Olaf then. Um, who's, oh, shoot, who's water? I always forget. Oh, Drake. Yes, Drake. I am really bad at doing water stuff. <laughs> water stuff. Mm-hmm. So I always hate going against him. Uh, he's just, it, those, those maps, I would always dread going doing those missions because it just, it's incredibly difficult having to balance both water and land. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Now as for using, I didn't really enjoy using, um, I feel like I, if I, if I was good at him, the person who was responsible for doing the, the air, the air oh, strike e- stuff. Cool. Yeah. 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 I feel like if I could, if I knew how to use him well, he mm-hmm. could be a really good CO, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't manage him. I just couldn't figure out how to use him well. He just was too difficult. Yeah, I want to say he's one of those CEOs that got. Uh, I, don't, I can't even say better. I just want to say maybe he was a CEO that got uh, a bit more balanced mm-hmm. as the games went on because, um, yeah, his his regular power in this one turned into a superpower because it is insane. <laughs> yes. Indeed. So those definitely are the ones that, yeah, I was never good at fighting against C and just doing air, but uh, air is like so powerful too. Like if you can, if you can work that man, you're very strong. Yeah. Well, well the, the, the reason why air is so strong is because, cause like water has some strong units, but primarily they can only attack other water units. Whereas, uh, like half the air units are for attacking people on the ground. Yeah, and you know, defending against air units with ground units is possible, but it's not as feasible as having other air units to counterattack. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's that's it for that's those are the two for me. Yeah, um, Eagle. Like props to people who got in with Eagle early because uh, he was kind of tricky to use outside of he was he's air focused. Um, mm-hmm. and the problem with the, and that's kind of the issue you run into with all the green earth COs is that, um, they're highly specialized to a fault. They have the one thing they specialize in and they're weak at everything else, but their powers are so high that you can, you can work around it. Like even though both Drake and Eagle are her, their ground units are terrible their powers are really strong. So if you're willing to kind of put up with that uh, weakness, then you can do some work with them, even on a map that you don't specialize in. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I played with a guy who uh, was so enamored with Eagles power that he just made an effort to get good with him, and uh, it, it worked out for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I needed to practice more with more of the units. I would always stay very close to <laughs> to the ones I was good at using. Yeah, I remember for a while we we like we didn't want to touch like air and water. <laughs> yeah. It would just be straight land, low 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 funds, very direct maps. Hmm. Absolutely. I actually really liked the air units. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not fun to get fucked up by them, but <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, having your bombers like just take out land troops. Yeah, just annihilate something in one turn. Yeah, and then have your guys, like your choppers, drop guys off like mm-hmm. hell far away, like close to the uh, the base. That was fun. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, question, Mike. Um. So you seem to like this system pretty well. Um, I didn't want it to just be me and Joe talking, so I want to uh, uh, throw a hypothetical at you. Um, let's say intelligence system shows up, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, you're a you're a you're a World War II buff. You know a thing or two about games and all these all this stuff. Make a game for us using the Advance Wars engine. What game would you make?" <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and I can probably answer that question by telling you the name I used for my save for my it was Big Boss <laughs> and I've said this over and over again that I want a strategy game or a strategy action game set in the Metal Gear universe it just makes mm-hmm. complete and perfect sense it does um, and it just never happened and now it's in Konami's hands and we're never going to get anything like that Ooh, wait I got uh, a game man Ow. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I, I would just love that. Like, Acid was. It's funny how similar Acid is to to this in terms of playing it, but um, also like not like mm-hmm. j- just it's like the context that is different. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be Big Boss controlling a bunch of troops on the field. Yeah. That's the myth that was sold to me in. MGS one or mm-hmm. you know all the other games and we never really got that closest we got was co-op and Peace Walker mm-hmm. which was fun but that was co-op and I, I was just wanted more co-op in those games but I, I, it was my my dream to get like a, a strategy game but uh, my version would be real time but if like this with the Metal Gear coat of paint I would be in like Advanced Wars with just just borrow the license from Konami and 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 tell them they'll do all the work and I'll buy that shit. Mm-hmm. That would be good. It kind of gave me an idea. Um, I don't know if uh, you've got enough uh, insight to uh, put one together yet, Mike. Uh, um, if you were to design like Big Boss as a CO, like what what abilities do you think would be like a good fit for him? Mm, huh. that's a good question I feel like I don't know I, I feel like c- c- something to do with charisma and like morale even though I feel like there's no system for it in here 
Well, um, I th- pretty sh- well. No, there's there's literally a character in there whose power is morale boost, and it's just a basic attack boost. Well, attack and defense. Yeah, uh, I think it, w- it would probably be like that, where you would get uh, a boost, but also your enemies would get uh, a slight decrease to their probably, you know, to their stats. Mm-hmm. I remember what a thing that. I thought was cool in, in Phantom Pain was you could sneak around and sometimes you would you would hear a lot of conversations when you're out in the field and sometimes you'd mm-hmm. hear people talking about like oh yeah uh, I heard Big Boss is leading this unit here and people would be like what what the fuck Big Boss like mm-hmm. he he was just so notorious that people he had that effect on people mm-hmm. but so I, I think probably something like that. Um, oh, really? Oh, and obviously, like, he'd be able to call in a fucking Metal Gear. <laughs> a nuclear strike. I think I think that would have to be, like, you know what, if if Big... Maybe you could do multiple scenarios, and if Big... You were doing a scenario where Big Boss is the villain, then you could have a map where you fight a Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. Um, there'd also have to be, like, boosts for... For sneaking somehow, or like catching enemies unaware. Oh, like you could. Oh, like a fur. Okay, so fog of war or something. Well, yeah. There's a there's a mechanic. Um, actually, a couple mechanics in regards to both fog of war and just fighting in general. When it comes to the combat, you have uh, two things: uh, first strike and counterattack. They didn't do it till later, but um, you had a character whose specialty was that they got. they did extra damage uh, for the first strike. And there's a character in this game who's uh, who has the ability of doing more damage in the counterattack. Both of those factor in in general, but also factor a lot more heavily in Fog of War. Mm. So maybe uh, maybe like either Big Boss or Snake could like. Um, well, you know what? If you make Big Boss the final boss, then you can make him kind of busted. And give him both the morale thing and the fog of war bonuses. Yeah, I feel like you could also have him as just a unit, or or just like a, you know, any snake, just as a unit who would have a boost that makes them really good at taking down armor. They, oh they yeah, always he, ended up fighting he, tanks or helicopters or or metal gears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you could like maybe maybe his power is to call in that unit. And it's like a mech that can that can take down MD tanks and, and uh, the, the 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 mega tanks and all that shit. Yeah, that would be you know what that would probably be like the balanced version of Big Boss, the non final boss character version of him. Mm. But um. Joe, can you think of any particular like MGS character that would be that would make a good CEO for this? Uh, I guess hypothetical game. Mm, oh shoot! What's his name? Oh my god! The it was a Metal Gear Solid two. Or was he? The second one. Who told you to unplug the controller? God damn Fat it! Man. I'm not Fat <laughs> Man. Um, Campbell. No, he told you to, he was Psycho Manus. Psycho there Manus. we go. Oh, okay. It's in the first one. Sorry, I was thinking of yeah, I got it mixed the, up. Yeah, I was thinking of the second one where Campbell tells you to turn. Yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think you'd make a interesting. Now, what kind of CO power? Yeah, now what would a CO power and, and ability would it be? Hmm. I feel like fog of war all the way just fills Ooh. your map with fog. Confuses <laughs> and yeah, all of your units. No, you could actually Ooh, do that because yeah. there was there was a character who it was a side effect of his ability in two, where he would do his power. And then he would create fog on the level. Mm. So, so in the case in the case of Psychomantis, it could literally be either he generates fog as like his basic power, or he generates a one sided fog. Mm. Yeah, I like that. A one sided fog, or he could generate like fake units. Oh. Yeah, like, like an unit. Oh, that would be tight. Yeah. That would be <laughs> amazing. Well, I'd like that. Yeah, you know what? That would be it. Uh, his his base power could be the decoy unit, and then like when you get to like Advance Wars two, when they have superpowers, and his superpowers is the one sided fog. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, it seemed like what's his name had superpowers. He was causing it to blizzard. Mm. Yeah, that was kind of. Joe, wasn't that a slight debate among us as to whether or not the CO powers were actual powers? It really did seem like that because some of them, Olaf, yeah. he was the one doing the blizzard and all that craziness. So yeah. it really did seem like they had control over the actual weather or units in that way. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like it. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. It, it did seem kind of weird to me, like some of the powers, like, uh, like it seemed like some of uh, some of the abilities were like, like these powers were not given equally. It was a bit, seemed a bit unfair to be like, to be like Max or Sammy, where it's just, oh, oh these units get really strong, and then Olaf's like, I can control the weather. <laughs> yeah, and there's a couple well, of COs who are just crazy like that. Yeah, well, the snow was a real pain in the butt because it did slow you down significantly. Oh, that's yeah. It, really it, difficult. It brings, it brings some units to a screeching halt. Yes, and that just... Oof. That was a pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, you do a lot of fighting of Olaf in this first game, so... Yeah, you gotta get used to it. Yeah, the entire tutorial was about that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you do a lot more fighting of him. And committed and then, Big uh, Butt's attempts to not talk shit and come off proper. <laughs> Commander Big Butt. <laughs> she had a great ass. And you had your head all the way up it. The more I think about it, though, the more... Um, uh, a game skinned with Metal Gear with this engine would mm-hmm. truly be amazing. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So now, lo- now I'm tempted to just go through like the whole of Foxhounds and make them COs, <laughs> but then we'd be here all night. <laughs> I would love to um, see some of the little cartoony cutscenes with a bunch of Metal Gears going at it. That would be you know, great. <laughs> Yeah, that would be like a, a good way to make it unique is if you have like the Metal Gear unit that maybe you like save you save up funds to a certain point and then you can actually create it and yeah. Create Foxhound. 
I'm beneath. Well, you know, Fox Sound would just be well. Yeah, that would be the one tricky thing is like creating the having the different armies since. Uh, you probably have to create a unique story for this. Uh, it's like Fox Sound encompasses a lot of shit. Yeah, maybe not Fox Sound, but uh, most of the. There's a lot of characters that are just straight up mercenaries throughout those games. Mm-hmm. So they could work for anybody. Okay, yeah. So maybe you can just. You can just put like the groups there. It's like, okay, here we go. We got Fox Hound. Dead Cell, Outer Unit, uh, Outer Unit, Outer Heaven, Cobras, whatever. It it it, it really wouldn't matter that much. <laughs> you just want to play the game, but um, yeah. Uh, I kind of want to. There's a part of me that wants to come back to this series next year. Uh, in which case, uh, we'll probably have to uh finish up around now uh the question specifically for you mike is uh would you be down to play advance wars 2 by next year uh yeah by next year yeah uh, i sure. mean at least at least be ready to play 2 by then uh oh you mean like finish this yeah oh how long is this um don't know. Uh, it's not that long. Dual Strike is extremely long, but uh, same with Day of Ruins. But this one, it's not that long. Yeah, the first two, the first two aren't too long. Um, I don't know if I can really put it in the hours. Uh, but yeah, do you think you could finish it over the course of a year and be interested in playing two by the time next March? You know. March of next year comes around. Uh, yeah, probably, maybe. No, Phil. Um, yes, I'm. I'm curious. I do like it, but I don't know. But uh, yeah, if you if that's something you want to do, I can I can for sure pick it up every once in a while and finish it over the course of a year. I'm sure it won't take me that long. No, it's definitely not going to take. It's not going to take you that long. It's just um. I don't know if I want to get too willy-nilly with, uh, okay, I know this is an anime podcast, but... Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm down. I like it. It's fun. It's really fun. Yeah. All right. I don't play you know, I, I do wish that I did have it on available on the go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a really good handheld game, for sure. Mm-hmm. Very good handheld game. Yeah, I still uh play days of ruin and i kind of want to get my hands on the uh, or maybe i should say get my hands on physical copies of it again that's a story but um anyway anything you guys want to say about the first advance wars games before i get into recommendations oh actually uh, this is kind of another since you got me since you talk about metal gear using this yeah. engine um i really would love zone of the enders to use this engine as well. I think that would be cool. Um, or I didn't, I never really, I only played a little bit of it, but I feel like the world of Titanfall would do really well as a turn-based strategy game. It would be interesting. Yeah. 
But uh, Zone of the Enders, honestly, I just want a Zone of the Enders game. Just give me that, please. Yeah, you, you, and you, yeah. and a bunch of us, Joe, myself included. Specifically, after playing Zoe Two, it was like, God yeah. damn it, that game was a goddamn masterpiece. Why is there not more? <laughs> that was the cel shaded one, right? The second one. I'm trying to remember. Um, I want to say they both had the distinct art style to it, but the second one was like the. F- first game on like like crack steroids and speed and <laughs> all kinds their of first, other stuff the first one was kind of just like it was almost like an extended <coughs> demo for the <clears throat> the first game just had the like the look and feel was very Japanese and anime inspired mm-hmm. but the second game was actually like cel shaded and had anime cutscenes and mm-hmm. and yeah, and it was just so much prettier than the first game, like leagues. Yeah, it's it's bigger and uh, deeper. Like I by never, honest to god, games. honest to god, by comparison, the first game feels like an extended tutorial. Mm. I did enjoy how fast paced the first one was. It was incredibly mm. fast paced, especially the multiplayer. I, I played the heck out of that. It only gets crazier in the second one, Joe. Yeah, I'm trying to. I think I only played a tiny bit the second one. I, I need to go back. And was that on the PlayStation Two? They were both uh, on the PS Two. Yeah, PlayStation. Okay. I think there's a there's like a collection for the PS Three, and they may be doing one for the PS Four as well. It's out on four. I yeah. Played, okay. I played the demo recently on. Because I think they were like they were they were selling the 4K graphics on on that one. I think is yeah. what I was thinking of. I feel like I'm not sure if they brought the first one to ps4 but i know the mm. second one is there and it has a demo uh well i know there was the collection for ps3 and i know i saw the trailer for two for ps4 i don't know if it was both mm. seems like you could do both pretty easy though but. yeah yeah um and just just one more last thing before we get to recommendations i, I would like the 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 video that you posted again i mean there was a lot of great history and stuff in that and mm-hmm. what i thought was really interesting was kind of where battalion wars came from which is i never really played i think they made two i didn't play either of those and it was interesting to know that 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 was originally going to be the version of it on the n64 yeah oh that that was yeah they originally scheduled that yeah it was going to be uh it it was going to have the same sort of connectivity that uh the gp the Game Boy Pokemon games had with the N64, so it was going to be like a Game Boy Wars 64, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I it guess was, another. Small... It was. Sorry, go ahead. No, no go ahead. Finish. I, like, I, said, I think the idea was that you could start a game on one and then continue to the other, and vice versa. Oh man, that sounds cool. <laughs> that was pretty neat. Oh. Uh... And then another small fact I thought was neat from that video was I did not know uh, Hudson, the ones that you know, made, well, they made Bomberman, a bunch of other games, mm-hmm. were were originally working on the Game Boy Wars games, and they kind of handed it off to them, uh, Intelligence Oh, yeah, to so. Intelligence Systems, yeah. yeah Which was a was, good call. Because oh. they're... I mean, they're... The... A point of frustration for a lot of the Advance Force fandom, as well as just people who like intelligence 
systems in general is that mm-hmm. with all the money they're making on these Fire Emblem games now, the question of like why there hasn't been another Advance Wars game is kind of a mind-boggling one. But um, looking at that video, my guess is that it's because it's not as big in Japan. Yeah, it's big in America. I, I was kind of shocked on that one. I would have thought it would have been... Actually, no, maybe I should be that talk because Mike made a good point. In America, we do seem to really love our whole military and army and... And violence in general. Yes. Yeah, I also feel like, uh, don't quote me on this, but I feel like mm. maybe we invented real-time strategy games. Mm. Wouldn't be surprised. I mean, on the PC, there's tons of those. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, so... Hmm. Yeah, that's a... It's funny. Yeah, it's way more popular here than so, there. Were there many console releases of this? No. Battalion Wars was the only console release. And yeah, and that Battalion was Wars. a completely different game. Oh, I didn't even know that they were related. I mean, they... I guess you could call it a spiritual successor, even though well, it was kind of... It was... It, the... Uh, Cube. GameCube, yeah, yeah, it was envisioned as like an advanced for a spinoff, and it spun too far off and became its own thing. Huh. How is it? I never got a chance. I never got around time to play it. Yeah, when I found out it was real time, I was kind. I kind of lost interest, especially when I found when they changed the name to Battalion Wars, and I couldn't find a trace of connection between because if it was like oh yeah check it it's this like real time shooting game and you can play as like max or when you get the sniper rifle you can be grit or something like if they had done that then maybe it did okay name but i i never knew there was a connection to advance wars i'm kind of curious now yeah i mean it's not something that i found very appealing i don't know maybe i should give it a chance someday i mean there's I just got to find a GameCube <laughs> or a Wii. Uh, but Lionel, go back to what you were saying about why they've... Go ahead. Sorry, I was, just, I was being a goof. Um, uh, what were you going to ask? Well, well, I was just... Like, when you were talking about Fire Emblem and why they're focusing so hard on... I mean, it is printing them money. I mean, like gobs and gobs of it. I mean, it's yeah. just... So, I mean, that's probably why they've put <laughs> made intelligent systems pretty much now the Fire Emblem team. I mean, well, it just it just seems weird that with all the money they're making, they can't like like with the success they're having. This is kind of like the point to make something for the fans. Just kind of like like when Capcom was making money hand over fist, and then they decided to spit out Clover. Mm. And, you know, it's not like there isn't an audience for that. There's a ton of people, uh, most of which are also playing Fire Emblem, that would love another Advance Wars game. I think the problem is that Fire Emblem is way more appealing to a much broader audience than Advance Wars. I mean, Advance Wars... Well, a lot of that is... Well, a lot of that is because Advance Wars hasn't been out in a long, long time. Well, there's there's that, but also you got to think that... Advance Wars is very much a military game, while um, Fire Emblem is a fantasy game. It's a strategy game. It's a romance game. It's a there's a it's a dating game. It's a there's all these different. Well, you can things. you can add some of those elements. You can conceivably add some of those elements to Advance Wars too. 
I mean, I see what you mean for sure. It has the set audience and there isn't as much crossover, but one there could be. And the other is, is there's still the crop of strat, you know, fans of these games, fans of strategy games that maybe want to get in on something, but can't because they're not down with like the super anime stuff going on in fire emblem. Yeah, for sure. Like there's a huge chunk of the audience. They're not reaching. It's funny yeah. that you guys mentioned Fire Emblem so much because I had no idea that it was a strategy game. Like I just assumed it was an, a, literally another JRPG. <laughs> no, nope. like a, a fantasy JRPG, and that's why people played it. Like, well, no, I mean, it's a it's a strategy. It's it's kind of a unique strategy game, but it's kind of more in that vein of like tactics in the sense that it's primarily about like your hero units. Mm-hmm. Your army consists of like all these. It would it would be like Advance Wars, where your army consisted of the COs, that sort of thing. That's right, and it plays out just like with Shining Force, which I loved. Is mm-hmm. it um, every decision you make is the final decision? So if you, uh, it you have to be really good strategy wise. If you um, death, yeah, exactly, yeah, permanent death, exactly. So if you mess up and lose that unit their storyline is pretty much shot and they're gone and they're dead forever throughout the rest of the game. So you have to really know what you're doing from a strategy standpoint, which is cool. And I I think what also made fire emblem so popular is that they really played hard into that idea that you fall in love with this, you know, this really was one particular character. And if you keep him alive or her alive, you can have a whole big family tree and all these different types of story connections and stuff. So yeah, it's, I think that made people kind of get more involved with the characters and the -hmm. games themselves. So, well, the, um, that's pretty, uh, you guys are like learning me hard about fire emblem. (laughs) Yeah. I just thought it was a fucking JRPG series that have survived for eons for, because we abuse. No, it was uh, it was there, but it was uh, kind of in varying bits of obscurity outside of Japan. I want to say even in Japan, it wasn't it wasn't the monolithic thing that it is now, and that's because of uh, building up on certain mechanics. Like I think the Fire Emblem games for a while had the uh, had this mechanic where you could have camaraderie built between characters that knew each other. Yeah. So if they were near each other, you could have them converse and that would give them like a morale boost and an attack boost. It would unlock uh, narrative stuff between them. And those, mm-hmm. so they took that thing a step further and added dating some elements to it. And then they took that even one step further and they have this like a whole family tree you can create and like people can inherit skill. It goes pretty damn deep. I mean, they just they, mm-hmm. they went really far far with it um it definitely appeals to a large female audience i remember she doesn't work at the company anymore but i remember like um uh, at a female co-worker and my god she would just go on and on and on and on and on about that game and just she was just obsessed with it so from How many female um, co-workers do you have right now joe there are three Oh. But anyways, uh, yeah. So Lionel, I, I think that if Advance Wars did come back out, and maybe why they've just been holding off on it is because the Fire Emblem right now is just doing insanely well. 
with both the female and male audience. And yes, you're right. You could totally add in those elements into Advance Wars, but as is. You were throwing at jumper cables like about all the features that Fire Emblem has and the, mm-hmm. and the user base and how sure they can be put into Advance Wars, but um, it's still like Advance Wars is very, uh, it has a, a male dominated yes. following. But mm-hmm. my question was, um, this is it, so this is the same developer or publisher? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, intelligence system developer published by Nintendo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, Fire Emblem spun off from the Game Boy Wars. Mm-hmm. They used so, they initially used the same engine. So this is this would be a Nintendo call to make it. Yes. Anyone. They own them. They own that. Oh, uh, that's really interesting. Yeah. They haven't. Is there just not enough noise? I kind of doubt it. I can only assume maybe there's a license issue somewhere at this really? point. What would be the, the, I, the license? I, well, no, I said assume. I honestly oh. don't know. Okay. But it seems like there's there's a lot of noise and a lot of want out there. And even more so as Fire Emblem got popular, a lot of confusion as to why they haven't. I just feel like maybe Nintendo doesn't think Advance Wars will do as well as Fire Emblem. And since Fire Emblem is making so much money, they figured, why not just stick with this instead of taking intelligent systems off? Yeah. Something. It does and seem like it's very the, popular, but they could always, you know, the frustrating thing, developer on it. Yeah, yeah you, you don't need to put like a metric crap ton. You don't need to put the same amount of money that you mm-hmm. put in Fire Emblem now that you would into something Advance Wars. You can. You can do what a lot of companies are doing now and put something out as like a feeler. Like um, Capcom's been doing that a lot. It's how we, I think it's the primary reason we ended up with Devil May Cry 5 is because they released four special edition with like a few new playable characters just to test the waters. And they did it recently by doing a uh, graphically updated version of Onimusha. Mm. Oh. So you could you could probably release maybe like a download only Advance Wars game just to see who picks it up and who wants to play. I you don't have wonder... to put a ton of money into it. Just just do. at this point, people are just wondering why they're doing nothing. I would like to see it as a mobile game. Just uh, that would yeah, think that would be great. I wonder if it's a an image issue for Nintendo. Like, mm-hmm. as far as putting something out there that's so violent. I mean, what was the last game that Nintendo put out that had a gun in it? Well, well, there's that. But I think, I don't think that's so much of the problem because they've been doing a lot of publishing of indie games. And there's a lot of indie games on their platform that... It's, would, yeah. that's, that's different, though, because mm-hmm. those are, you know... That's true. Just have somebody else's seal on it. Like, third party. That's that's a good point. Yeah, first party is different. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I. That's, but yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Maybe it would be nice if they just released a small, like put a very tiny team on it and just release just a very a, a much more simpler version or or something. I don't know. I'd give anything because I know people have been asking for it, but. You also got to wonder, is it 
truly a lot of people or just a very small group of people who are very vocal about it? It's not a small group. Mm-hmm. I mean, that group. And the thing is, is especially now with uh, Wargroove out, mm-hmm. that number is likely to get bigger. For sure. Because, I mean, yeah, Wargroove is proof that people... Actually, a couple games prior to it, but uh, more so Wargroove now, is proof that people are getting tired of waiting. Mm. Well, I mean, <laughs> then Nintendo... Wait, is Nintendo publishing it? No. Yes, yes, they are. They're, they're publishing on the Switch, I think. Yeah, yeah, Wargroove's on the Switch. Yeah, so... I don't know. I guess if it, I guess Nintendo's it really going to on... make me go out and have them get a switch if they don't do something. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> uh, send Miyamoto out there to get a switch in a minute. Oh, that's terrible! <laughs> God. Yeah, wow. yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it, it's funny because it's like Joe. I don't know if uh, I don't know if you're. My, mom ever did it to you it's like i know my parents after they've had to discipline me would sit down and tell me about like trying to induce stockholm syndrome (laughs) would like sit there and tell me about how their parents used to send them out there and get the switch and all the psychological terrorism that went with that (laughs) so they thought by continuing it would be be best well well, by by telling me that i got a softer version I'd somehow feel better mm. about my ass getting turned red. Yeah, that's not that's not how that works. If we had a, if we had a fan base, this would be. Uh, I would put out a call for a Photoshop challenge or, or artistic <laughs> challenge. Of, <sighs> I would love to see this represented visually somehow. God, You're God, telling see. Miyamoto to go out there to get. A oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that's that's better. I was worried that the the what you wanted depicted was me getting the belt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'd be weird. (laughs) Like, send me your best pictures of getting spanked. Jesus. Whoa. No, that's like, why would I want the drawing of your childhood trauma? (laughs) Jesus. I don't know. You're always doing the sex stuff, so I was just like, okay, he's just moved on to violence. That stuff's not real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not saying like like you actually want to see me get hurt. It's just you're always like telling me to do freaky sex shit and like what? No, (laughs) (laughs) that's enough. (sighs) All right. Um, Um, Oh my my one last question for both of you is what. Would you, I guess, twofold, what would you want from a new Advanced Wars? And also, did Wargroove give that to you? 2D or 3D? It's 2D. Uh, oh, no, no, in regards to what we would want. Yeah. Uh, Joe, you want to go first? Sure. I would absolutely 100% want to be 2D. Keep it that way. Um, as for if Wargroove scratched that itch, it's it's fun. I mean, I uh, I know Lionel seems to play it more than I do, but I I beat it. I beat it. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> um, it's it's good. It's a good like appetizer, I guess you want to call it that. I, I want I want more of the real thing. I want Advance Wars. That's what I want. Um, now, for if a new Advance Wars did actually come, what would I want in that? 
like I said before, definitely make it 2D. Uh, more units. Um, for the story, don't make it dark. Don't make it... I was just about uh, to ask about like story yeah. and art style. Yeah, don't don't go that direction again. And apparently they, they made it that way to kind of make it more um, appealing to the American audience. Which That's I thought, what they thought, but yes. it, it didn't <laughs> yeah. work out that well. No, no, no. I've heard you guys um, complain about this before, but what was the problem? It was, uh, uh, it, it kind of tiptoed in the edgelordy territory. Like how so? Um, it was turbo bleak. And that that sort of turbo bleakness was a bit of whiplash from the sort of uh, cutesy, maybe unintended element of like advanced wars making me think war seemed fun. But uh, <laughs> it kind of went from that to the game at the, at the start of the game. Ninety percent of the population of the planet is dead and people are also dropping like flies for multiple reasons <laughs> over the course of the game. It, yeah, yeah. It's very it futuristic. Uh, there's not. There's what still mean? war going on. Like they're they're continuing the war prior to the cataclysmic event at the start of the game, mm-hmm. and then you find out other stuff that's like, like why would you make why would you make this bad situation even worse? What the what hell is it rated? Teen. Just teen. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, for, I think it went. For, from e-, e to teen, but what let me see this, if I can double check. What is this that. game called? Days of Ruin. Advance Wars Days of Ruin. Mm. It's also uh, the Game Boy Advance? No, no, DS. It was. Yeah, it's yeah. on the DS. Mm. Yeah. Um, it, the, the story itself, too, I remember it just being very depressing and sad and yeah. dark, and it's just, it was very much, I mean, even the art style itself was very dark and like just gloomy looking. And, yeah, every. Everyone's like dirty and disheveled, and <laughs> mm-hmm. they really went in that other direction. But so yeah, it, they they kind of go too far in that direction, and at times it feels kind of like it almost feels like parody. Yeah, so I would absolutely want it to be the very happy, cheerful version, like it was in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely just pull the Smash Brothers. Do what you did with Dual Strike and shove as many new um, modes and uh, add like add the, um, the tools for creating maps, like really expand on that, add more multiplayers. I mean, just go, like I said, go the Smash Brothers direction and just pump it full of a whole bunch of really fun things and uh, to keep people coming back and playing constantly. But um, yeah, that's pretty much what I want. I just want more it's Dual Strike, essentially that. Um, Mm -hmm. the jump that Advance Wars made from the original to Dual Strike, I think was just the perfect amount of content and change. So if they, that's pretty much what I want out of it. Absolutely. Um, just no, just don't go super dark again. I don't, I don't need that. Yeah. I could say that, um, I can appreciate some of the elements and I wouldn't mind something like, because I got I got really attached to the characters, the design, like everything about the original Advance Wars series that when this change happened, I was adamantly against it. I've played through it and um, I will give Days of Ruin this. I think their character balance is terrible, but their unit balance is really good. Yeah, I agree with that. So their game 
play is really good. It's just like the characters, both designs, uh, abilities are nowhere near as interesting as the ones we had before. Um, if you were to release these games like Advance Wars from this point onward as kind of like an anthology. Mm-hmm. So each game that came out would have like a kind of a different story, different set of characters, different uh, themes to tackle with the basic mechanics persisting and building up as the games go on. I'd be, I think that would be a really interesting way to uh, attack this. Um, I have an answer to the question that Mike was asking, but um, I don't know if I want to share it because I kind of actually want to do something with it. I had my own idea for an Advance Wars reboot. <laughs> Joe, I think I shared a lot of that with you. Cool. I might to, yeah. But um, yeah, I think uh, an anthology might be interesting, though if they revive it in the vein of the original series, I'd also be really happy for that. Very cool. I think that's all I got for that mm-hmm. one. Uh, you guys ready for recommendations? Yep. Yes. <laughs> I feel like we did a lot of recommendations when you asked well, us what other RTS we've played. Well, yeah, that's going to be one of the things I tackle. It's just kind of recounting stuff we said prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the biggest one at the moment being War Groove. I actually have a, when I get to my recommendations, I actually have a whole bunch mm-hmm. <laughs> to talk about. For sure. Um, I asked, I'd say Wargroove is probably the biggest one I can recommend right now in that it feels like, you know what it is? It feels kind of like advanced wars in the fantasy setting. Mm. There's some notable differences to the gameplay, but they still feel like they belong to the same series. Just the mechanics and exercise slightly different due to the setting. Um, and it, it really is a love letter to advance wars. Like the, the amount of like both the amount of detail and where they put those details. There's a more than anything. It's interesting that they managed to replicate the charm of the original series. It feels cute in the same way, fun in the same way. And you're, you're kind of like pumped to go into battle the same way you would playing an advanced wars game. So, you know, if you need something to hold you over till Nintendo and it, intelligence systems or whoever is holding this shit back, gets their act together. <laughs> Worker is definitely where you want to go. Um, mm. There was another game. I was kind of like, I haven't played it, but I was kind of like looking to try it out on steam. Cause it's, Seems like uh, it also seems like an Advance Wars, um, like a, like a spiritual successor. I think it's called Tiny Metal. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, and it's it's three D, which I think is uh, one of the uh, turnoffs for a lot of the uh, Advance Wars diehards. Mm-hmm. But it, it seems like the same type of game. It, I know for certain it is a turn based strategy game, and, and I want to say it being a spiritual successor to Advance Wars is in some of its like promotional material. Yeah. So that might be something uh, worth checking out. Um, trying to think, cause part of the, part of the tricky thing and what makes uh, 
Advance Wars stand on its own as far as the turn-based strategy is that uh, most of the turn-based strategy you're going to encounter are very much about like hero units, mm. which is to say, like it, it's this like your army consists of uh, unique units with unique abilities taking on you know this huge crop of grunts and occasionally another unique unit whereas advanced wars is all about commanding the grunts um there's that element of commanding sort of like uh standard units in final fantasy tactics but you're using them alongside the hero units so and you can your army can consist entirely of the hero units after a certain point so, yeah, I think that's all I got on it. Well, obviously, Fire Emblem, just because same company. Mm. Uh, older Advance Wars games. Uh, Advance Wars 2, I still I think, is probably the best game <laughs> in the series. But yeah, I think that's all I got right now, unless any, any either of you jogged my memory with something. Uh, Mike, you got anything to recommend? Um, stuff I said before, I guess, like StarCraft, uh, Warcraft, if you're into that, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Civ. Um, there was like some weird... <laughs> oh, yeah. Tom Clancy's End War. I played a little bit of that demo back in the day. That was interesting. It's more directly... Um, like kind of like grid-based stuff, mm-hmm. but um, I think uh, I I don't know. I really like. Oh, actually, you know what? I this is probably I. Well, I mentioned Metal Gear Acid. Um, those two games are really great. Um, and two has an art style that's kind of not similar. It's three D, but it is cel shaded. But um. Oh, what the fuck was I gonna say? Uh, God damn it! I lost it. I had something to mm. recommend, but I don't remember what the fuck it was. And I was gonna talk about Brothers in Arms. Like that's kind of more my speed, um, mm-hmm. like the sort of real time strategy mixed with FPS. Um. It's it's very different, but you 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 kind of control like bazooka team and like a tank on occasion, but really, uh, I don't know. I like it because it's hands on. But I remember what I was going to say. Now it was XCOM. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's a turn based strategy right there, and you are controlling the grunts there too. Yeah. But those games are hard. Yeah, um, I haven't put too much time into them, but I think they're very similar. Yeah, they are. Um, but they they will fucking bite your dick off. So uh, be ready. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles. Um, there was a, a really interesting Max Payne 2 mod back in the day that was a... Fuck, I should find that shit. Uh, there were so many good mods, but so many of this... Every once in a while you would get somebody or a team that was like had a vision for these mods and like was going to do something completely different. Uh, somebody did 
a Max Payne 2 mod that turned the game into a real time or a, a turn based strategy game. Mm. So you would you would get your moves and place them on on Max or, or on maps that were in the Max Payne universe, and you know you would just shoot or whatever the fuck. But I don't remember what it was called. But God, that's weird that this brought that memory back. I totally forgot about that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, when you said Max, you jogged my memory there. Uh, the front mission games. Mm. Which is, you know, turn-based strategy, but centering around Max. I think you kind of uh, get to split the difference in... Joe, maybe you can confirm this for me. Uh, pilots and Max, they're, they're separate entities in those games, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, so you, you can have, like, the grunt element with the Max, but then have the hero element with the, you know... Putting the pilot in the, you know, said max, whatever makes you decide to put him in. Uh, but yeah, I guess the front mission series is another one. If you're going to play front mission, I would definitely say if you could find it, play them, play some of the ones on the Super Nintendo. Those are they're actually quite. Yeah, cool. I think the first and second one are on the SNES. Because yep. I know the third one's on the PlayStation and four is on PS2. But um, Joe, bring on the list. <laughs> uh, well, the first one is Jean d'Arc. Jean d'Arc. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. It was so. on. It's on the PSP, and it was a turn-based. It was three turn-based strategy game, um, about uh, Jean d'Arc. Whatever. Oh my God! Oh, the Joan of Arc figure. John, yeah, yeah, Joan of Arc about Joan of Arc, and you would think, oh God, it's history. This is it's a game about history. It's going to be kind of stupid. It's actually really, 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 really good. Um, you eat, eat, each of the characters have their own special abilities, and even though it's three D, and I usually am not a fan of a three D turn based tactics game, um, there was just something about this one that just really appealed to me a lot. Mm-hmm. So that one, it's going to be kind of hard to get because it's on a PSP and that's not really a thing anymore. But um, if you can find it, or maybe an emulator. I don't know if there is a PSP emulator, but if you can find it. There it's, is. Yeah, it's a fantastic game. Uh, Project X Zone 2. It's essentially another one, a turn-based tactics game, but it's um, a game made by, I don't know if it was either made by Napcom or... Capcom, sorry, Namcom. <laughs> Namco, not Capcom. Namco. Uh, I like that. <laughs> I don't. I, I. It was a partnership between both of them, but I don't know which one um, published it. Uh, but it, it's it's a crazy game. It was not a game on the PSP, I think, or the PlayStation. I don't remember which one it What's was it on. Yeah. Project X Zone 2. That's the one where it's just like it's like a Disgaea type game and it's like every character possible. Yeah, it's nuts. The I don't even understand how the game works. All I know is, is that if I'm close to an opponent, hit a button and there will be a crazy long cutscene with all char- all different kinds of characters from Capcom and Namco just 
brutally beating each other for no particular reason. I feel like I remember mm-hmm. hearing about this. What the hell was it called again? Project X Zone 2. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, they did a couple of things. Like, um... Oh, Capcom, say, X, Namco. Yeah. If you just want mindless fun with a crazy storyline that makes no real sense... <laughs> Uh, um, it, it just really feels like they just needed an excuse to get those characters from those different companies together to fight each other. Um, mm. it, it, it's great. It's really great. It's a lot of fun. Um, another one, Lionel, you actually just mentioned it, Disgaea. There are so many of those games, and each one of them are yes. insanely long. All the, all the Nipponichi games, like, there's they're variants of kind of like the same game, like mm-hmm. major variants of the same game. So I'd say in regards to picking your first one, and I'd say either start with Disgaea or just like read the synopsis of each game and pick the one that seems the most interesting. Yeah. And then after that, play the spinoff game about the printies that were little <laughs> demon creatures from that game series. And they had their own game. Demon uh, yeah, on the the PSP. Or maybe they're dim, demons in penguin suits. I'm Probably. not sure. Who knows? But that was also a really good game as well. Um, let me see what else. Oh yes, and then. I, I want the, I'm probably the only one in the world who wants this, but there actually was a turn-based uh, strategy game for with Pokemon called Pokemon Conquest, and it was on yeah, the yeah, it was uh, it was that uh, Nobunaga's ambition game, but it with was, Pokemon. Yeah, it took place uh, in a long like, way in the past with Shoguns and all that stuff. And yeah, during the Warring States period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these yeah. there's there's like those Nobunaga games. They're a pretty common thing in japan but it was i was surprised that they they released that out here yeah it i mean it came and went and obviously it did not do very well because there was never a sequel but it was a fantastic game it's a very slow game but Mm -hmm. it is it is a like a refreshing take on the pokemon series i mean it's very very different from the usual pokemon it's probably the only instance of pokemon war we'll we'll ever get to experience (laughs) exactly they won't Give us the Pokemon War, but they'll give us a Pokemon War. <laughs> so if you're a fan of Pokemon and also like turn-based strategy games, that is an absolute must-play. And then the final on my list is a very small set series of games called Mercenaries Saga, which it's a very just predictable fantasy storyline about an evil king and a kingdom and the princess getting taken, blah, blah, blah. But it's all, it's on the DS. There's three of them and they're quite good. They're really good. They were originally a mobile game in, uh, in Japan and they just got ported over to the DS and, uh, in America. So they're really good. Um, it's a very, very much, it's like ogre battle tactics, that mm-hmm. type of game. Um, so yeah, those, those are the ones that I would recommend. Okay, I think we got a pretty good list there. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, anything you guys want to say to the audience before I form my own army? <laughs> the Silver Satellite and uh, take down Black Hole and then everyone else? Mm-hmm. I would give up my firstborn child for a new Advance Wars. That's how badly I want one. Well, you, 
you don't even want to have the child, so I call that in the question. There you go. We'll see. We'll see. You would literally have the child just so you could, <laughs> just, just so just you like, could trade it for something. <laughs> just, yes, that is the plan. Oh, that's very sick and twisted plan. <laughs> that's what it takes to do with bad sports. So be it. Okay, I'm back. My dark period of not talking at the end of these things is over, though I'm uh, on a bit of a time crunch here, so i got to keep it brief. Uh, we're switching to an irregular release schedule, so you may see some gaps. Don't worry. That's not us falling off again. Um, stuff will come out. I will put as much of this show out as I can you know, coerce my co-hosts into being willing to do this shit. Maybe I'll do some solo stuff. Who knows? Point is, is now I gotta do the rigmarole on my own since I'm live. So, this song is Synthetic Highway, and if you want to hear more like it, head on over to soundcloud.com slash sub-morphine. The preview theme, which I haven't been using as of late, but rest assured it will return too, is Anime Raku. And if you want to hear more of that, head on over to facebook.com slash you want to hear more of us, more of this show, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash radio. Uh, subscribe to us on Android, iTunes, or Google Play. Head on over to Facebook, facebook.com slash radio. on Twitter, at radio. And we have individual Twitters, we being the hosts. Mike is at hyper90s, spelled the 90s. Joe's at NHP Returns. And I'm at Old Taku Connect. Oh yeah, there's an unofficial Gmail that I need to check. There's an unofficial Gmail for this podcast, Old Taku Connection at gmail.com. I don't know, I forget how emails work suddenly. Anyway, I think I got everything, and if I forgot it, too damn bad for whatever I forgot. Thank you for listening, and of course, have a good night.